0: I'm realizing I don't need glasses for reading yet, but if it's dim, I can't there's nothing I can do to read it. So I even my head is perfect. Do it look brighter, smarter? Yeah. <laughs> Stevie actually cut my hair too, so I should look better. Does my head look smaller? Yeah. Finally, <laughs> finally. So we're in a series on on the Psalms. And it is going to be, and it has started out being, about emotions. And I want to encourage you to go back and listen to last week's if you haven't, and or listen to it again. It was about the the importance of us passionately, fully expressing the depth of our emotions to God himself face-to-face with nobody in between us. So what we often do is we often go and we tell people how we feel at a very surface level. But we never take it down to here. Sometimes we say, I hate so-and-so, and then we feel a little bit guilty about it. So we take it back, or we apologize to them the next time we see them, or we just feel that way. But when we take those things to God, there's an actual exchange that happens. I hate somebody is our ashes, and he gives us beauty back. He gives us a way to love them and live with them even to our enemies, all right? And it's, it's, a, it's a passionate, there's a passionate thing in the psalms that we miss. And I spoke out of Psalm 88, which I described as the worst psalm in all of the, the psalms that we have. It's, it, it, it starts out low and it goes even lower and it ends on a low note. But today I'm going to read out of Psalm 18 and then Proverbs 18 also a little bit. Um. I'm going to talk this morning about God as our shield and as our strong tower and as our fortress okay so I want you to hear that I'm going to talk to about God as our strong tower our shield and our fortress as all being the same thing as Jesus being our rock okay as 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 God the Father having a home or a place for us to come into okay and I'm going to use all those phrases interchangeably, but I'm going to focus on something different that you might've never thought before. I'm going to focus on how we often regularly make a choice to go into a different strong tower other than Jesus as our strong tower that we often use a shield to shield ourselves from something or from someone instead of using Jesus as our shield. Okay. And and, and, and that, uh, I'm going to use the word buffering. To buffer, in the dictionary, means to shield yourself against something or someone. So buffering is to shield yourself against something or someone. Think about what you would like to buffer yourself against. There's your weird friend that calls you, and you know if you pick up the phone, it's a 30-minute conversation. There's the relative that when they text you or call you, there's going to be accusatory tone in there. there. Wouldn't you like to shield yourself from them? Wouldn't you like to shield yourself from a lot of the news that goes on in the world? Wouldn't you like to shield yourself from sometimes your own memory of circumstances in your life? Wouldn't you like to shield yourself even from your own emotions to protect yourself, to buffer yourself against even feeling what you feel or even thinking what you think? So a lot of times what we do is we have these emotions. We have anger begins to rise up. And what church has taught us to do is stuff it down and don't, don't, don't act upon it, but don't even, don't even like feel it or... Drown it out with some loud music, with some declarations, with some hallelujahs, with the right song, okay? And, and th- those are some good things to do sometimes, but sometimes reading a bunch of scripture, studying the Bible, listening to your favorite pastor, your second favorite pastor, because we all know who your favorite pastor is. It was a joke. Thank you for the big smiles, a couple of you. Well, think about that, though. We buffer against that, and and, and there, those are all good things. I'm not saying don't read your Bible, don't seek counsel, don't go to, to ministries for help, but sometimes those things are all buffering, shielding ourselves from intimacy with God, who is our shield, who is our strong tower, who is the one we're supposed to run into. He's the fortress we're meant to run into. All right, you guys, you have that imagery now? You have it, right? Now, the most obvious the most obvious buffer that we can see and we all we all go that's a buffer would be drugs and alcohol right that's an, that's a buffer it's a buffer when you when you say you don't just go hey i want to do drugs or i want to drink a lot because i want to throw up on myself later on this evening do you or I want to get obnoxious and maybe take my, take my shirt off or do something that will be embarrassing. That's not why we're drinking, is it? When, we, when we're drinking, what are we doing? We're saying, I want to, like, forget some of what happened this week. I don't, I, I've been working all week, but now I, in the quiet I keep hearing thoughts, feeling feelings. And so I want to buffer, shield myself against those things. All right? drugs would be the same thing and the the, the the best thing about drugs and alcohol is they give you an immediate sense of not feeling your emotions really really i don't know how many shots it would take of whiskey but i'm not thinking it's a lot of shots before i start not not even for, not just forgetting my emotions but forgetting how to walk straight or talk right right it's super effective why are drugs and alcohol and, and why are they so Popular? Why are they so important in our lives? It's not just oh, they're sin and the devil. No, it's like it's it's like I, I need to shield myself again. I see my kids, I feel so awful about how I raise them or maybe the mistakes that I know I've made that I've already asked for forgiveness, I've already, but they cycle and cycle and cycle. And maybe how what my parents said about me 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, they cycle and so I work and I'm around people and it's a buffering, but then I get to Friday night and so I need to drink to like release that and to keep buffering myself. And it's super effective, right? We can. Can you see that? I know this is a new term, so I want to like, I'm not going to get through my whole, all that I want to here, but, but pornography is a buffer. Pornography is a super safe place to go and experience intimacy, no matter how false it is, it's a safe place. It is a buffer. It allows men to go somewhere, feel like, use their imagination, feel like they're being loved, they're, being, they're attractive, they're worth something, and it shields them from the lack of intimacy, the lack of connection they have in their world. Can you see that? I'm going to ask you every time, can you see that? Yeah. All right. You don't have to. You just thank you. But I want us to get this. This is a word that I want to, to, to bring in here. So <clears throat> so it is, and I want to make clear that a, a, to, when you're buffering yourself, it's not actually what you're using this bad. It's actually what you're using it for. All right? So I'm not saying don't ever, don't ever take a drink. I am saying probably don't want to keep cocaine around the house. We might talk about that later. Why, why is cocaine not acceptable to meet your needs of buffering, but watching TV for 30 hours from Thursday night to Saturday Sunday night is okay? Why do we choose one or the other? And one's acceptable in church, but one's not acceptable in church. All right? So that's a question we might ask. But so is is watching TV a buffer? Can watching TV be a buffer? Absolutely. So instead of feeling right here, instead of saying this is my situation and I'm totally feel awful about what happened to me or what I did or how I am, usually is what it comes down to is a real shame sentence, is how I am, we we click into I'll get home I'll overeat or overdrink and I'll watch TV until I go to bed that sounds like buffering to me because it's shielding us from dealing with our life it's like my life is chaotic my emotions are chaotic and I go home to a house then I buffer I shield myself to not engage with any health or wholeness or healing I don't go to him I go to Netflix. I go to Hollywood. So can sports be a buffer? (laughs) (laughs) Of course they can. Sports are a super acceptable buffer. And I'm not saying don't watch sports. I'm not even saying don't watch football all season. But what's happened, which is fascinating, is you used to, back in the 60s and 70s, you would pick a sport, right? You would be a baseball guy, <clears throat> a football guy, or a basketball guy. You wouldn't be a football guy, a basketball guy, a baseball guy, a golfing guy, a motocross guy, a bicycle guy, a uh, swimming guy, at Olymp. You wouldn't be the whole thing twelve months out of the year, so you could have TV all the time. The highest paid channel on your bill on your bill that you don't they don't mark it out is your ESPN bill, even if you don't use it. It's like, it's like this channel is costing you 37 cents a month. This channel's ESPN is costing you three something to five something a month, even if you don't. But you have to have it because we love that. We love things that distract us from being champions. It's too painful to think, how am I made and how am I to be a champion? It's way better to sit in my chair and yell at people that are in their field being champions. And to know more about them and their statistics in their game than we know about the statistics in our game. That's buffering. Because we're afraid of entering into and becoming who we're called to be. So drugs, alcohol, anything like that can be a buffer. 24-hour news cycle, talk radio, buffering. Religion, buffering. Learning can be buffering. Learning can be like, I just want to learn more. I need to learn more about blank before I do blank. It's often a fear statement of I don't want to step out in faith and start a ministry. I don't want to step out in faith and, and start working towards a spiritual gift I have or this function I have or start serving my community until I learn more. And so learning can be a buffering. <clears throat> the last few years... Buffering for me happens in my brain where I think things through and I, wrap, I box it all up and wrap it up over and over and over again. My intellect helps me trap and control things that then I don't have to experience them emotionally. And I can also categorize people in pretty loving ways of who are then possible situations. Never talking to God about them. And it buffers me against having relationships that might not pan out well. It's a a buffer. All right? So anything, and I I don't want to get rid of my intellect. Uh, God wants to use my intellect. God wants to use my emotions. But if we use the intellect not connected to the rhythm of heaven, it begins to be a buffering. And remember... Buffering is less about what we do and more of why we're doing it, what we're using it for. What are you using religion for? Are you using religion, and, and, and I, believe, I do believe in religious activity. I do believe in the habit of financial giving, the habit of daily reading, the habit of meditation, the habit of a good counsel from people, the habit of tur- church attendance. I believe in all of those things. But if I'm using them for the wrong reason, they become a protection against me growing. Because I can say, hey, I'm going to church. I'm abiding by the church's rules. So I, I, I keep away from needing to engage in what God's telling me to do. Now, I want to summarize that introduction before I get to Psalms 18 and Proverbs 18. Is that buffering is shielding ourselves against someone or something? Some a person or a thing. The thing would, could be your circumstances. I don't. I don't want to feel the emotions of how I'm living. I don't want to feel the emotions even of my of my sin that I that I that I participated in yesterday. And and it could be that something could be at your actual emotions. It's usually your emotions. We hate to feel fully our emotions. Not just men, but women too. So men tend to have a tendency to stuff them down and cut them off and keep them pretty low, or we use them to shout and anger and get really mad for a season and, and break stuff. But that's not even experiencing your emotions. That's like that's that's like I'm gonna I'm gonna instead of like dealing with them, experiencing them and, and getting getting some uh, empathy or some insight into them, I'm just gonna release them and do some damage and then I'll come back down and be my stable person and there, but there are people that they don't stuff them but what they do they pull them all together and they huddle with all of their emotions and they're like, oh, these little babies, I need to keep worry. I need to keep sadness. I need to keep I need to keep thinking poorly about myself because I'm no good. And the Bible says I'm no good. Psalms, I read Psalms 88, and it says God is after me. He's punishing me. He doesn't like me. I'm going to keep these all here. Oh, my memories, all my memories are bad memories. Oh, yeah. And if, if we have a season of good memories, we hold on to these, and it pollutes those good memories. So when we look back on a season of life, we pick out childhood memories that were the worst. And I'm not, I don't want to minimize bad childhood memories. But what we say is we had no good memories, no good childhood. that Nothing came out of that. And that contradicts scripture that says everything is turning out to be for your benefit and to glorify God. It doesn't mean God did it. But that means that God can redeem it and use it. But when we sit there and hold on to it and we cuddle with them and we take comfort with how bad they are, now I have a reason not to live my life because of this. I have a reason not to try anything new. I have a reason not to love anybody. Then, it, then it's actually damaging us. And what we forget is, is that buffering, so if somebody comes in here and they say, hey, I've got a serious heroin problem. And they're like, well, are you, do, are you, are you doing too much? Or are you doing just the right amount of heroin? Would you ever say that? No, you wouldn't. But if you say, hey, when you come in here and, man, I have a real worry, a problem with worry. You say, well, are you doing too much or are you doing too little? I mean, are you doing too much or are you keeping it in control? We like worry and control. We like, we like buffering and control as Christians. But, but there, there's no amount of cocaine that's going to be like awesome for you. Because it always leads to more and more and more. It always leads to something more. And our buffering does the same thing. And so we've got this uh, wrong strong tower that we run into, this wrong shield. I start feeling sad. I start feeling lustful. I start feeling greedy. I I start feeling useless. I start feeling ashamed. What do I do? I throw up my shield of my own words, and I start quoting stuff. I start listening to preachers. Instead, I'm just supposed to turn around and get uh, behind my shield, who's my Savior and my Lord. And and it's a different thing. I'm going to share at the end. How we actually do that, and it's not, we don't actually do that literally, but figuratively how we do that. But, but I want to challenge each one of you to think about what is my shield that I, that I, that I run behind? What is my shield I walk out in front of me? A lot of us are like, I dealt with this this last couple weeks. This is the shield people walk into the room with. I'm a pastor, 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 I'm a pastor. They just have the shield right here all the time. They're not a human. They're not a man. They're not struggling. They don't have any problems. They're a pastor. I know the word of God. I know the word of God. I know the word of God. People do that with their wealth, don't they, sometimes? Not everybody. You've seen it. Oh, you ask a question? Well, I've got this. I've got this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm like, fine. We do it with our work. We do it with our work. We do it with our addiction. Well, I have an addictive personality. We, We put, that's our shield. I have an addictive personality that will protect me from maybe God can use that personality and redeem it. It can be something beautiful and amazing. So buffering hides us from our potential to be amazing, beautiful, really healthy people. So you can turn to Proverbs 18 and Psalm 18. And we sang this song. I don't know when this song came out, but the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run to it, and they are safe. That's, that's Proverbs 18. I'm sorry, that's Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord, and in, in the NIV that I have, it's the new NIV, or the um, modern NIV. It says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it, and they are safe. This is what we do a lot of times. What, don't we pray that, God, that Jesus comes to us? But Jesus has already come to us. He's within us. There's a strong tower. Our part is just to get to the strong tower. But we often stand where we want to stand and say, come here, Jesus. And Jesus is like, I've already come. You come. You come into the strong tower. It's some imagery of coming into that. We run into it. We are righteous. No matter what we've done, we're righteous. And we got to get that in our heads here. No matter what we've done, I am worthy of entering into his presence. No matter what I've done, no matter what's been done to me, no matter how long ago it was, no matter how recent it was, I have every right... An open invitation to come in clean as white snow, super clean. That's how he sees me. I come in. And then what happens if I do if I if I have a you say I have a I act in a way that's shameful? You know what I mean? It's say I act in a way that's shameful. What I do when I shield myself is I decide I am shameful. I decide I'm not valuable. I decide I'm not worthy of love. And then I begin to act like I'm not worthy of love, that I'm not accepted by him. I might still say the same churchy things, but I'm taking control over my own problems, including my action and my shame. So I make my problem worse when I use my stuff as a shield. When I come to him... He wants to strip that shame down from me. You can't live... This is, this is the thing. How many of you can hate yourself into being a good person? Can you, can you shame yourself and and, and and lose weight? Can you say every day, I'm a loser, I'm just super unhealthy, I don't have any self-control, and then lose weight? You've got to start believing something higher and deeper and more about yourself. And we can we can actually... We can actually choose those thoughts that we have about ourselves. All right? So, I'm going to give you... So, here's me. I'm a sinner, not saved, not in the family. Scripture says, Jesus, see, Jesus knows me and loves me before I'm yet His, right? So, there's a point when I accept Him, I now become His, Correct? And so when I'm his, he tells me he loves me. I have this experience and my life changes. And for a season, what happens? Sin falls away from me. Bad attitudes, things change, life gets better. But what I do then is I begin to think a thought. I begin to think a thought that that's not enough. I need to do more. If, I was, if, if, I, if my son was acting this way towards me, I would be embarrassed. I would be ashamed. I might even kick him out of the house. So I think that God thinks of me that way. And when we begin to think that, we begin to act differently. We begin to feel shame. And that, that, that we begin to act out of that shame. But I can, I can replace that thought today with Scripture that says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You were loved while you're yet a sinner. You are loved 100% fully lovable right now. And as I think that, that begins to rise me up. So even, even when I do sin, it's like, oh, man, that's just not me. That's not who I am. I'm not somebody that cusses anybody out, even though I did yesterday. I'm not somebody who's selfish and jealous. I was all last week, but that's not me. That's the old man. But what shame does is shame says, oh, that is you. You know, that, that, that six weeks you were awesome and you were like super generous and you were lining everything up according to heaven. That's not you. Only really good Christians, only really, really um, uh, spiritually equipped Christians get to do that. And so we begin to think. And the enemy, the enemy that's, his, that's his ploy. He speaks to us and we're like, I'm going to think a new thought. I, could, I'm, I can be shameful but we can think of new the new thought is I'm a new creation. I'm completely different than I was before I was in the family. I look like my dad. I talk and act like my older brother. That's me. That's me. Even when I don't, I make a choice to believe and to think that I am. And you you could go, like, oh, well, doesn't that, isn't that like um mean it gives me permission to do blank and blank? You already have permission to do blankety blank. You're already doing everything you want to do. You've made, you've thought thoughts on your own. We all do it. This is what I won't do in my Christian life. This is what I won't. These are the lines I won't cross in my marriage. I won't slap somebody that I disagree with. I won't punch another man in the face. I won't steal anything, right? I won't show up to church Sunday morning after I've been drinking all morning. That's my commitment, not yours. But think about that. We've made these, we've had these, we've made these decisions. And we can make these decisions, these commitments and these thoughts based on what heaven is saying about ourselves. And I want to challenge you to do that. And um, Proverbs 18.10 in the Passion kind of gets a little bit clearer picture. It says, the character of God is a, strong, is a tower of strength. For the lovers of God delight to run into his heart and be exalted on high. We are lovers of God. We don't delight to run into his presence, into his heart. I love how they say into his heart. Just when things are going good, or just when there's a service, or just when we're going to go read the Bible. We love to, when we've been stupid as all get out, and we've, and we've rode our bike off a cliff, and we're all scraped up, we want to get to him as soon as possible. But our shields are, is I'm a mess, I broke the gift he gave me, I'm going to go and hide. And I will live in shame. And we have loads of people living in shame for decades now, decades, good, God-fearing, righteous lovers of God because they haven't been willing to be honest with their emotions and honest before the Lord. I'm going to go to Psalm Psalm 18. I'm going to read this out of the the Passion Translation also. It's, It's very similar. We read it before service. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. My fortress and my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. All of those things are imagery. When you start getting afraid, what are you going to use to shield yourself? That's what you ask. When you feel lonely, what are you using to shield yourself? When you feel angry, what strong tower will you run in to be set free? So, this is what happens when we buffer. Let me tell you a couple of things that happen when we buffer. First, when we buffer, we are doing God's job. How well do you think you can do God's job? His job wasn't just creation. His job just isn't eternity. His job just isn't keeping the cosmos rolling around, rolling you know, every second of every, of every day for millennial when we buffer, when we shield ourselves, we are doing our Father's job. When we build a fortress of shame, when we build a Netflix fortress, and I love Netflix, by the way. I'm not, I'm not saying don't watch TV. I absolutely think Netflix is brilliant. I love how you can watch a whole 10-part series in a week, week or two. You need to watch one a night sort of thing. I love all that. But I'm saying when you build a fortress, in fact, Netflix calls it a show hole, don't they? You fall into a show hole, and the lady's all wrapped up like a spider web watching TV, and she's super sad because now the Netflix show season is over. So, But, but when we do that, we are doing God's job when we defend ourselves, when we shield ourselves, when we do it ourselves. And this is, I think, what happens. We turn to God as our shield, Right? And then he doesn't shield us like we think he should because we always think God should take the circumstance away from us. And what he's wanting to do is shield us within us, our body, I mean our soul and our spirit, way more than our circumstances. We often pray all the time, circumstances change, keep me the same. Circumstances change keep me the same. God, I don't want to be different at all. I don't want to believe anymore. I don't want to be kinder. I don't want to be more loving. I don't want to be more generous. I don't want to be more gracious. I don't want to help anybody else, but just change my circumstances. And he keeps saying, I want to change you. I want to change you. And the quickest way, the longest term way to change your circumstances is to change the way you think about yourself, about your father, about your circumstances. Isn't that amazing? And so the thing is is that that when we do that we're doing a job that we're not qualified to do. So would you ever hire an electrician to come and rewire a house that didn't know how to rewire your house? He's cheaper, he's more convenient, you feel more comfortable because you know as much as he does. Defending yourself is like getting a, a person as strong as you to come and defend yourself. It's like it's like asking a fool a question that you, don't know, that you don't know, but you're asking somebody else who doesn't know. And we constantly do that when we try to protect ourselves. But I think what we do is we say, God didn't answer my prayer. He didn't change my circumstance. I didn't listen to him trying to change my heart, but he didn't change my circumstance. Therefore, if you want a job done, I have to do it myself. God won't protect me. God won't shield me. There is no strong tower. There is no hope. There is no fortress. I will build my own fortress. And it's, it's a really deeply, I was going to say wicked thing, that the wickedness is is it constantly drains us of who we're called to be. It's an exhausting thing to defend yourself. I mean, we're in a world right now that, that, that Facebook and Twitter and, and it, I, it, I don't know if it's InstaSnapgram or it's, it's Snapchat and Instagram, I'm going to call it InstaSnapgram it's, I'm just more, I think I just mashed up two together. But, but we're, there, we're constantly defending ourselves. You put something on, oh, you're so fat or you're too skinny. Or a mom shouldn't wear a bikini or you shouldn't have that. Or how dare you do that because there's people suffering over here. And it's all, it's all like this defending ourselves with our words and our like, everybody has to like me. And, and the thing is, is that we can't protect ourselves. We don't need to. Your thoughts and your emotions and who you are... The the image and the identity that you have is protected by God. Now, confessing to God, like we talked about last week, a passionate, deep, vibrant, almost brutal or emotional download of going all the way to the all the way to the basement with your stuff actually rises us up higher than we could ever see our situation again. We don't have to be afraid to travel down into the depth of our emotion. God already knows how deep your depression goes. God already knows how deep and vibrant, how deeply rooted your anger is. God already knows your greed knows no ends. God already knows the lust in your heart. He's not surprised. What happens when I begin to declare, I don't mean declare like a, a positive way, when I begin to share my deep emotions of, I think you are wrong. I think you've done me wrong. I don't think I'm that fearfully and wonderfully made. I I see everybody else getting blessed, but you're not blessing me. You read Psalms 88. I feel like everybody's looking at me like I'm a nobody, and nobody likes me, and everybody's left me. When we start doing that, but we're doing it out of relationship, not out of accusation, but out of relationship of trust, then something begins to happen because I'm I'm releasing all this stored-up, pent-up stuff. I'm releasing all this stuff in me. And then he comes and he begins to connect me to that rhythm if I'll allow him to do that. So another thing that happens, I kind of alluded to this. So when when we shield ourselves, we're doing God's job, for one. And the second thing is when we're doing God's job, we exhaust ourselves. We exhaust ourselves. If I am not built to defend myself, it will be exhausting. All right? So, as the smallest guy on a football field is usually the kicker, right? Because the, 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 the guys who, the, the ends are really tall, like muscular, long-legged guys. But think, and, and then the guys that are 300-something pounds on the front line. Think about if you kept repeatedly putting the kicker in on the front line to snap that ball. And every play, he's up against some guy that's 200 pounds heavier than him. That has like like these thighs like as big as his waist. Think about how exhausting that is. But as Christians, we're doing that. Every single day when we try to defend ourselves against our own shame. When we try not to feel our feelings. When we try not to think bad thoughts. It's okay for us to think bad thoughts, but we turn those thoughts to him. It's okay for us to have worry, but the Bible gives us... Some things to do, we take our worry and we turn them into conversation with God. We don't worry and circle around and go, here's my worry. I love my worry. What would I do without my worry? What would my mind do without my worry? What would my emotions do if I wasn't afraid and worried about everything? It opens it up for us to live this life of abundance. So when we, when we do God's job of protecting ourselves, of, of building fortresses and strongholds that cannot protect us, the exhaustion comes to us. I mean, think about doing a job every day that you're unqualified for. It'd be like me going and, and going down to United in a in a pilot's cap and flying every day. I might keep the plane up because I got a co-pilot, but it's exhausting. I would be it'd be fearful. I'd always be wondering that I'm going to be found out. That I don't really know what to do. And in any emergency, I wouldn't know what to do. It's that kind of exhaustion, and I I think much of the exhaustion that we have for church. It's really an exhaustion with God because we've said he's not protecting me. I'll protect myself. I'll protect myself by by believing right doctrine, doing right things. But that's protection also. That's exhausting. I'll follow religion. And then we say, I'm not going to follow religion at all. I'm going to follow rebellion. I'm going to do whatever I want. That's exhausting because rebellion is ju- is just as imprisoning as religion, because what we do, we say, I will protect myself. I will decide. I will decide who I am. I will decide how I will operate. I'll decide and protect how I feel, and I'll only be around people who are in rebellion with me. And over here, religion does the same thing. Both lead to the same road of exhaustion. So you can look at, if if you're exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally, it might be because of the uh, this idea of building your own strong tower, shielding yourself. Think about that. What does the Bible say? There is a, there is a table prepared for us where? In the presence of God? Of our enemies. Think about that. We would, I would write it. There's a table prepared for you when you get in God's presence. Then you can be happy. He says in the valley of the shadow of death. In that space, in the presence of your enemies, in that place, you're walking through, it's dark, you may have been fighting, and it's like, boom, there's a table. And if God's inviting you to sit at a table in the presence of your enemy in the valley of shadow of darkness, it's safe to eat at that table. That, that, is, that is his way to show us, his, his way to refresh us. But what we do, we get home, and we turn on Netflix, we open a bottle of wine, we get out whiskey, we do whatever it takes. There's a whole generation, my age and older, that n- never smoked marijuana since the 70s, and they're all picking it back up now. There's, I mean, it's, it's, and, it's, and don't say, well, medical purposes and stuff like that. I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. And you get the buffer any way you want. I'm saying if you want to live this big, beautiful life and be a champion and, and live a champion, champion life, and I don't even like to use the word champion, but your best life, your champion life, and you want to be an advocate for others to be living free, you've got to not buffer from God. You've got to not buffer from your circumstances. You can't shield yourself. You can't do that. You've got to learn to run to him. And you've got to learn to crawl to him. You've got to learn to come in and say, man, I, you know, remember that ministry you gave me? I wrecked it. Remember the money you gave me that you, you gave me for a blessing to provide for me for this year? I blew it all today. I gambled it all away. What we do, we feel shame. And then we shield ourselves. We see, we see Christians shielding themselves all the time with what? Doctrine. Well, here's all the reasons why I don't have to tithe. Well, here's all the reasons why I don't have to go to church. Here's all the reasons why I don't have to believe this. Here's all the re- and they're like, all this shields up instead of, you know what? I'm just going to not talk about it. I'm just going to go to God and, and get this rhythm with him, and I'm going to start living it out by being generous, which mean, which to me means living within community, which means giving into community. So, when you have that, there's, there's something going on with that. And um, I'm going to have to close only halfway through, but I am going to close. So, I heard a DJ, this is inter- I heard a DJ yesterday morning on a 104.1. Now, the only reason I know that 104.1 exists is because I have a 12 and a half year old. Who loves music? And it's like, it's like Ariana Grande. It's all of those people. And I don't mind a little bit of those people. Like 99.1 gives you like 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way through to even the like Taylor Swift stuff. But this, this lady made a comment. She said, uh, what could be better than nursing a hangover on July 5th and then binging the rest of the weekend on Netflix? What could be better? I'm going to tell you there's way better than that. There's way better than that. But in our world's mind, life is so hard that I need a whole weekend to buffer from my life that I'm being forced to go do. It's so difficult. Instead of, I'm going to learn how to have the strong tower of the Lord before I go to work. Have the shield of the Lord while I'm at work, and I'm going to come into a strong tower. So when I'm watching Netflix, when I'm drinking wine, it's a totally, completely enjoyable thing. So the question is, are you running into your strong tower or the Lord's strong tower? So I've got a do-do-do-do-do-do. It gives me something to to share next week or on, on Facebook this week. So I'm gonna end with uh I'm gonna end with Psalm sixty-two, five through eight. You can read that this week as you're thinking about how do I how do I run into his strong tower? How do I run into a strong tower? It says, and this is this is a psalm that David wrote, Psalm sixty-two, five to eight. It's in the passion. I am standing in absolute stillness, silent before the one I love. Isn't that a great isn't that a great beginning? Be quiet, be still and know that I'm God. We can't stand to be still and to be quiet at the same time in our head. Sometimes when we're still, we're still like... "Eh." But it's a practice. I'm standing in absolute stillness, silent before the wine of love. Waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Wait upon the Lord. Be still and know. Wait upon the Lord. And only God is my Savior and he will not fail me. For he alone... Got to underline that alone... Is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me as my champion defender... There's no risk of failure with God, so why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence is all I need for the Lord is my Savior, my hero, and my life-giving strength. Join me, everyone. Trust only in God every moment. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Join me, everyone. Trust only in God every moment. Tell Him all your troubles and pour out your heart longings to Him. Believe me when I tell you, He will help you. You Just go ahead and stand up, and I want to bless you. Now, what's interesting is we've been back from vacation for 16 days now. Every day for 16 days, my mother in law's got worse and worse and worse. To the point of when we got, when we, she could use her cane when we went on vacation to get back and forth to the bathroom, to the point of, she using her walker to the point of getting her wheelchair and wheeling herself over there to the point of she can't get on the toilet by herself, to the point of she can't get in her wheelchair by herself, to the point she can't stand up by herself, to the point that she can't get up even from laying on the couch to sitting on the couch by herself. I mean it's been so in the midst of all of that, do you think emotions are going crazy? Do you think there's a lot of fear, or a lot of stuff going on in our house? There is, but what we've learned and what we're learning is there is, is, that's right there. I'm not, we're not, that's right, that's right there. It's been there for like a couple months, but right there in the last two and a half weeks, the last 14 or, 15, it's been 16 days, right there every day. I mean, her, her, her brother's been over and um, the sisters, Crescia's uh, sister's been over for like all last week she worked out of the house and she's staying all of this week. So there's, there's all of that. But right next to all of that, there's all this light and joy and gratefulness. There's all this God stuff going on right here. There's all this God conversation going on right here. What we believe often is, I have to get all this darkness out, and then I'll hear God. we, We cry out to God that's right there, and that voice begins to rise up. Does the darkness still come in and like smack down the voice of God sometimes? It does, but we don't... It's just like, no. It's always there. If we will ask, if we will seek Him, if we will use Him as our shield, use Him as our strong tower, we come out refreshed. And so... In that way, you get to choose what this year looks like, not because of what happens to you, by the way, but because of how you're running to him and how situations turn out. All right. So, Father, we just thank you for wholeness and healing. We thank you for mental health and spiritual vibrancy. And and this morning, we specifically thank you for emotional health. That our feelings would um, that we would not be in control of them or in charge of them we would not use willpower to stomp down something that but but that we would use the uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit to counsel us to comfort us to direct us to teach us that we would that we would use our our emotions as indicator lights that help us know when uh, disbelief is there help us know when fear is rising up and um, that we would that we would know that you would show us. I know you are showing people right now and you do want to show us where we're buffering, where we're shielding ourselves against people, against your promises even, against the relationship intimacy that you have for us, against even our own identity. We buffer against that because if we would start thinking how awesome we were, we would it would be so difficult. If if we would if we would start understanding and seeing and sensing uh, not not figuratively, but tangibly, literally, sensing your love and your grace and your and your kindness towards us, that we would be a little bit nervous, we would be a little bit caught off guard. So God, do we? We just, just I just thank you for showing us buffering, showing us where our strong towers that are um we're created for safety. A lot of times out of trauma that we created these strong towers for safety, but they don't serve us very long term. Father God, that you're the strong tower that serves us long-term, and we thank you for that. And we say today what the Scripture said, that you're our strong tower, you're our firm place, it's only you, and only you, and only you. And that everybody we talk to, we keep going back, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That we're willing to be foolish, simple people, totally bought into the gospel of Jesus Christ and your salvation. We thank you for that. I speak a blessing over every, every person, every marriage, every home, every hope that's here. All the finances, all the physical physical needs, your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.